Christmas is about giving, but I think it's also about happiness. Most of us are thinking about other people, about our relationships and about how we can make them better. But perhaps it's worth spending some time thinking about achieving the best of relationships and happiness in your career. Here are 12 career gifts that your true career love, also known as me, is giving you to be happier at work. What I suggest you do is you answer each question honestly and then rate yourself against each of these gifts out of 10. Once you've got your top score, then take action depending on your results. Welcome to Career Chinwags for the 21st Century. I'm a career practitioner who's worked with thousands of clients over the last 20 years, so I've had quite a bit of time to think about career issues. Each podcast, I pick up on an issue that takes my fancy. And today I'm reverting back to my standard podcast after quite a few episodes where I was doing MBTI personality preferences. Today, by the way, I got my three-month all clear from the surgeon. My femur is healing well, and I can now start proper weight-bearing and proper rehab, so watch out. So coming back to the main podcasts that I do, some of them are very practical, such as episode 11, where I talked about how to write a great cover letter. Other episodes tend to cover more big picture topics. For example, podcast 24, when I use marketing advice from the world's top business experts to help you stay front of mind in your target market. In today's episode, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to give you 12 career gifts and they should help you navigate your career into 2022 and also far beyond. So coming back to the 12 days of Christmas, the first day I want you to think about rating your ability to imagineer your future. Have you ever actually given yourself permission to dream? One of my good friends imagineered her family's immigration from France to Australia. She was an expert at it. It was part of her work as a consultant with Renault. What she did is she delved and delved into her husband's desires as to where he saw their life heading and uncovered his life goals. Luckily for her, his dream resonated with her and they both immigrated and here they are happily ever after. In order to do this, I think your best bet is to find an astute and supportive person. I was helped by a few people this way when I left my first profession and I always say I'd jump off a cliff and cry on the way down. It's too late, I've already made the move and can't go back up that cliff once you've jumped off. I think having the help of these astute friends helped me survive the fall. In fact, I think I more than survived the fall. It may sound corny, but I think you all know I did thrive and I still do and I love what I do. I just think there is no substitute for sitting across from somebody who's skilled and who challenges you in a supportive way. So I think it's time to get out of the office, pop out for a coffee with your mentor on a regular basis. So the question is, do you have anyone in your life who'll take you beyond the here and now, who will challenge you to imagine and dream? Someone who'll support you as my French friend did for her family. The second day of career Christmas, I'd like you to rate your workplace for honesty and integrity. Again, you've often heard me talk about career values and there's an exercise I do with my clients we get them to go through all the career values. There's more than 50 odd. 
and choose their top seven and rank them. And then I say to them, put a tick next to each value if it's currently satisfied in your workplace. And what I find is many people select honesty and integrity as one of their top seven values. Now, I never do that. It never comes up in my top seven values. And this might seem a bit odd, but what I've thought through is that these qualities to me are so obvious and so important that I would never stay in a workplace where they just didn't exist. The sad thing I find is many of my clients, as I said, do choose this value, but then put a big cross next to it, thereby really acknowledging that honesty and integrity just doesn't exist in their workplace. I think it's terrible, really terrible. Imagine what it must be like turning up to work day after day. So if your place of work lacks honesty and integrity, I think you really do need to dust off your exit plan and get out of there as soon as possible. So the question is, do people at your workplace act with honesty and integrity? The third day of career Christmas, rate your resume. The first element for you to think about is how attractive is your resume? Because readers are getting tougher and tougher in this regard. More and more people will not look at your document if it's ugly even if they force themselves to overlook your old-fashioned font, your wonky layout, your inconsistent headings, you have damaged yourself immensely in their eyes. Once you've gone past the look of your resume, though, you obviously need to analyse the content. Should you really have written that? Or more likely, what I find, why didn't you think of populating your resume with precise details of the value and complexity of your achievements. If you ever wanted proof of how important a resume is, then I'd like to talk to you about an embarrassing hiring mishap within government circles in Adelaide a few years ago. It was front page of the local newspaper and we were all amazed because the decision makers at a very high profile department selected just three people to interview based, in quotes, purely on CVs and it was for the state's top IT role. Unfortunately for the department, the woman they hired turned out to be a fraud, but that's not the point I'm making here. The question for this one is, would your resume have landed you in that top three pile? The fourth day, Rate your LinkedIn photo. The case I just told you about, well, the defence lawyer of the woman apparently stated that the department staff should have realised that this woman was suffering from a mental illness and the proof the lawyer gave was she had superimposed the photo of a famous model on her LinkedIn profile. Presumably the staff at the department didn't check the applicant on LinkedIn. But if that's the case, they are really unusual. It's almost always the next step of an employer once they're seriously assessing you. Your LinkedIn photo should make you appear both professional and likeable. So the question here is, what does your LinkedIn photo say about you? The fifth day of career Christmas, rate your interview performance. One of my recent clients was so good at interviews. 
we did a little bit of work at first to clarify exactly what it looks like, but she grasped it immediately. She was truly outstanding. But we both knew she was changing both industry and moving from a small organisation to a huge organisation. So we knew that she would face at least two killer interview questions. So we specifically addressed it. We, we actually went off for a coffee and we sat there and we nutted out how was she going to deal with these two questions if they came up. So the message I think here is even if you're very good at interviews, I don't think there's ever any harm in being better. So the question here, how well would you answer an ordinary interview question, let alone a killer one? The sixth day of Christmas. Rate your soft skills. Pretty well every time when I work with an executive client, when we come to salary negotiation, I recommend that they ask to have an executive coaching program as part of their contract negotiation. That's how important it is. Most of my clients are surprised when I mention that and most of them don't have a current coach, they don't seem to know much about it. I think it's critical for you to look at these soft skills because soft skills are actually the hard skills, and the days of command and control are gone, long gone. So the question here is, how well would your fellow staff members rate you on a 360-degree feedback analysis? The seventh day of Christmas, rate your connectedness. Once you've missed out on an internal job, it's too late to wish you'd networked better with your workmates. Once your job has disappeared, it's too late to regret you're not very well known in your marketplace. This is an easy issue to fix with what I call a healthy dose of ruthlessness. No one else is going to look after you, so you need to look after yourself. Stop endlessly devoting yourself to your organisation. What I recommend is a combination of LinkedIn activity, internal connections, attendance at professional forums, lunches, coffees with current contacts, and here's something a bit different, a deliberate campaign to meet new people. The question here is, how well known and well respected are you in your marketplace? The eighth day of career Christmas. Rate your industry spread. There was a Harvard Business Review study a while ago of about 2,600 leaders, and they interviewed CEOs and senior execs who'd lost their jobs. And what they found was that 94% of those who got their new job within six months had prior experience in that industry. So the message here is to get experience across two to three industries early on in your career. That way, if you want to move on, there are different industries for you to rebound into rather than be pigeonholed into just one industry. So the question here, how many sectors do you have under your belt? The ninth day of career Christmas, rate your bitterness and negativity. Ask yourself how often you say negative things about work whether it's about people or processes. We've all seen those people who carry workplace bitterness around them for their whole lives. Just think about the effect it must have on their health, their relationships, their family, and of course their happiness. And if you think your work colleagues don't notice, you really are deluding yourself. Even if they agree with you, they don't really want to be around you. 
and you're likely to be the first person selected to go in any restructure. So the question is, what is your workplace negativity score? The 10th day of career Christmas. Rate the sun trajectory of your industry and your skill set. Sometimes I work with clients who urgently need to job search, but then they find out that there are very few jobs in their industry. And as you can imagine, this makes life very difficult for them. So don't be caught out. Every 12 months, do a detailed scan of the advertised roles in your region, in your technical area. Work out what the trends are. If the number of roles are on a downward trajectory, it's time for you to get out of that technical field. And obviously, you need to then talk to experts about which area to move into and how to do it. Consider changing your technical skills. The most logical place, of course, would be to extend your skills in your current technical field or next best bet is to look at related fields. Luckily, these days you have micro-credentials as an option and this will make it easier for you to move. So the question is, is the sun setting on your industry and your skill set? The 11th day of Christmas. Rate your need for your boss's friendship. One of the most interesting articles I read a while ago took the view that there was no moral requirement for your boss to like you and that you should basically get over it if he or she doesn't like you. A corollary of this is that if your boss doesn't like you, you possibly don't like her or don't like the fact that she doesn't like you. So it's worth you assessing what sort of vibe you send to your boss if you don't like her, because it's pretty well certain that she'll pick up on your feelings, and that's not what I'd call a good career move. So the question here is, does your boss know what you think about him or her? Finally, the 12th day of career Christmas, rate your resilience. In my experience, people who get on best when they've lost their jobs are the resilient ones. They just seem to have this inner strength and this intestinal fortitude. They can do the difficult things, whether it's facing my, we never know whether to call my eyes, evil or eagle eyes across the table when we're doing interview skills practice, or whether they're brave enough to phone a stranger for a meeting. So the question here is, have you done anything scary lately? We've been talking about Christmas, so let's look at Christmas stress and then what I call the New Year stupor. In Australia, at least, we madly scramble to finish our projects before the end of the year and the start of the summer holidays. I think we get a double whammy of stress. So realistically, you're not likely to want to think about any of the above issues until after that last mouthful of Chrissy pudding. January is the time to do this. Take yourself off to a coffee shop where the music is lovely and the atmosphere is uplifting. Or just sit under the cool shade of a tree. Unclog your brain. Free your spirit and review the changes that you need to make to be happy at work. Then get started. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you like what you've heard, I'd love it if you could share the podcast or leave a review. Next episode, I'm probably going to revert back to our MBTI series, 
where I examine each of the 16 famous personality profiles one at a time. Remember, if you want to review what we've talked about, there'll be show notes on the website careerconsult.com.au And I do a mail-out once a fortnight of videos, blogs and infographics. If you're interested, you'll find a sign-up form on the website. As always, I'll finish with the wonderful hashtag, hashtag, why not be happy at work?